broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 235. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. Colin could not uh, join us. He was killed in the bombing. Um, however, at least it wasn't in KY, which was the original plan. Not that we plan these deaths. We should clarify that. That, makes, that like crossed the line right into homicidal territory, I just realized. Yeah, I think he's just got murder in the first thrown, thrown your way here, well, man. Those bombings are planned, though. But we, we, didn't, we didn't plan it, though. No, and we, we didn't do, it, it didn't wasn't do bombing like, either. It wasn't completely spontaneous. <laughs> it was a moderately spontaneous bombing, you know. <laughs> There's many degrees of bombing, you know. Oh, okay. This is like level two. <laughs> exactly. It's only a slight bombing. Um, but it did kill Colin. Sorry. Uh, hey, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, and eaglemosslimited.com, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> dot com, dot com. Yes, com.com. <laughs> Uh, who I want to get as a sponsor. And hey, a big shout out over to the folks at uh, Danfar Productions and Salt Lake Comic Con. We are recording this Sunday night uh, because we just got done with Comic Con 2015, Salt Lake Comic Con 2015, um, put on by the fine folks over there. Man, what a set of three days that was. I don't know about you guys, but my legs are still just kind of bleh. <laughs> I did 28 miles in three days. That's how much I walked. 28 miles. Now, if you are like a part of our armed services, first off, thank you. Uh, and second off, you're probably laughing right now because 28 miles is not that much for you. But you have to remember, we're three middle-aged geeks. <laughs> With desk jobs. So the fact that we were able to go more than one mile is kind of impressive. <laughs> 28, 28 <laughs> steps is pushing it. Yeah. I try to get the closest parking spot, and yeah, that's still too much. Well, this is why we need remote controls for everything. <laughs> I want my telepresence device. <laughs> remote controls on the other side of the room. I'm pretty sure I could download an app to get my phone to act as a remote control instead. It's, it's easier than getting up and getting it, you know. <laughs> it's just how yes. we are. All right. Well, we will not go into Comic-Con a whole lot. I know we've done that in years past, but now we have a new show. We have Generic Geek Podcast. So, And we will be doing that. Yeah. Hey. But, you know, I, I will say this is kind of an interesting Comic-Con. It, it, was, it was odd. And I don't really know why, but we had a lot of technical issues. We had just a lot of weirdness happen. Well, not just so. us. It was it was a different feel, I, I want to say. And I don't know, quite know why. I'm right there with you. It was on. They had more celebrities and more guests than they've had any other year, any other convention. It was nuts. And I would like to point out that this year, Salt Lake Comic Con had more of a Marvel presence than San Diego did. It was unofficial. So. But... <laughs> But that, that can't feel very good for the folks at San Diego. But yeah, it just felt, um, I don't know, like somehow a bit of the joy was missing from it. Is, do you, is think, it, that, do you think that that's just because we're jaded? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. The it, fact it, could, that, it could be because of uh, the fan exes we're doing. I, I think people are getting burnt out from the fan exes. And I, I think we speculated at that at first, that you know we, we might get burnt out after all these different cons every, every six months. Well, I think, too, that you look at it, what we do compared to what the regular person does are two completely different things. I mean, mm, we're true. there busting our butts working. It's it's a job for us. It's a fun job, and I love doing it, but it's still a job. It's work. 
And it's sometimes it's a lot more work than others. And this one felt like a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Yeah, but it was definitely fun. Seeing Felicia Day flail around on stage on her back with her legs up in the air. Um, that was definitely a highlight. Um, Anthony Daniels, he was fun. Chris Evans was amazing. Of course, the voice actors were all amazing. Haley Atwell yeah. is beautiful. Yes. And, you know, they had... I, shoot, I can't remember her name now at the top off the top of my head. But there was uh, an actress from Once Upon a Time... She plays Maleficent. She was actually more attractive in person than she is on TV, which is like backwards. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's always weird. When, Kristen Bauer. Yeah. Yes, Kristen yeah. Bauer. Thank you. Yes, but that's always kind of weird because without their makeup and without the cameras and without the lighting, sometimes they're more beautiful. Yes, but we'll go into that a lot more on, on the GGP, uh, so it'll be awesome. Yep. Um, we don't have any feedback, probably because all of you guys were at Comic-Con, too. Uh that's what I'm guessing anyway. Uh, Schmitty is, uh, he's recovered from the mad coder disease. He worked it out of his system. Mostly. <laughs> Still get the shakes. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I'll spread out some line of code. And, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's normal, don't worry. Um, what, we, what we don't notice is actually just off screen, uh, off camera, uh, his entire wall in his kitchen has been etched with code. <laughs> Like he's been using a fork or something to etch it into the wall. I was hoping you weren't going to see that. I don't have a problem, guys. <laughs> it's totally normal. The doctor said so. It's not a problem. I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> we have some really weird headlines that are kind of from all over the place. And we don't have that many of them. But I think they're big enough. We have some major things to cover. First up. But, you know, the, the thing is, though, Zook, listeners should be happy that we have headlines at all because Comic-Con. Yeah. All I know is that this episode's probably going to go 10 minutes over. I'm going to have to shrink it back down to 59 minutes, and the listeners won't be able to t- tell whatsoever because we're all speaking with such low energy and so slowly right now. It'll just sound normal. No, I'm totally good. Totally good. I can't walk, but I'm totally good. <laughs> that's normal. That's normal. The doctor said that's normal. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> okay. Well, the first one up is from our old friend Groupon, and I say old in such a way that to mean we haven't heard from them for a while. What's up, Groupon? You don't write. You don't call. You don't give us ads that are worth our time. Um, you right. They send me an email every day. <laughs> you know, I was actually looking for Groupon today for laser eye surgery because I want cyborg guys. Well, who that doesn't? Would, be cool. um, would that help out on SD files? Probably. Probably. It'd help in ghost hunting. You got the, the plug-in right there in your eyes. Just... just. Um, but so years ago, we reported on how Groupon was looking at an offer from Google. Google wanted to buy Groupon, and they offered some ridiculous amount. And Groupon turned them down, saying, "No, we don't think so. We think we're worth more than that. We're going to keep on. We're, we're going to handle things ourselves. We're just going to grow the market by ourselves." And even back then, we all kind of said, "That doesn't sound right. You know, this is this isn't going to last forever." Well, shortly after, I want to say six months later, Google came out with one. Google Offers or something like that. I forget the exact name. Wasn't it Daily Deals? I think you're right. Yeah. It was Daily Deals by Google. And even those didn't really take off. Google didn't stick with it for very long because they found it wasn't a sustainable business model. Well, here we are. It's 2015. And it turns out that our predictions, and not just ours, the industry's predictions, are pretty much spot on um groupon is laying off 1100 people however 
with all the different layoffs we've been talking about recently, Microsoft, HP, Dell, that doesn't sound like a huge number. It is huge. Groupon isn't that big a company. Uh, this is basically the equivalent of $35 million of revenue they're cutting, and they're stopping operations in seven countries. That's not a good thing. Quite a bit. <laughs> That's a huge amount. Now, I'm kind of wondering exactly why. Because let's be honest, even though we kind of predicted this, we haven't been following Groupon or any of its competitors for quite a while. They haven't been making any news. They've just kind of been sitting in the background filling up Schmidty's spam box. No, they have. I think I've bought a Groupon one time. Yeah, I think I did too. It was in Vegas. The Groupons I've yeah, purchased although, I've never used, and so I, I'm, it, I wasted money on Groupon. <laughs> but, you know, I will say, I, I am very serious. I want to get laser eye surgery, and I saw I can get, like, $1,400 laser eye surgery for 99 bucks. so, hey, why not? Well, Because a coupon with your laser eye surgery is always a good idea. What if I get, pay for one, get one free? Would that work? <laughs> Buy two, get one free? <laughs> The worst coupon ever for, for laser eye surgery. You know, for the That's people that awesome. have three eyeballs. I, it's it's just enough of a deal to screw up a friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I can see fine. Uh, my friend here, he's in trouble. He's only half not blind. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the question is, is, are people not using these anymore? Is that it? Are they not shopping this way? Or... Are there now so many different alternatives that they're going with the competitors instead? I personally, I don't. I don't know. I, for me, it it always seemed like a hassle. I mean, there, it's one thing to find a coupon in a magazine, clip it out, and take it to the store. With Groupon, it always seemed like an an extra step, um, which is why I, I would buy a Groupon deal and then I would never follow up with it because it, it was that extra step in in either uh, um, redeeming it or. Or getting it to print out, and, and, and then even if you got that to work, nine times out of ten, the place that you were taking it to didn't even know that they had a Groupon deal going on, and so it was even harder to, to redeem it in that case. So it, for me at least, it seemed like it was so complex that I just, I just stopped using it, um, despite the millions of emails I get from them. It's, with, with the way the internet is now, with like Amazon, one-click purchasing and things like that, I don't have to wait anymore. I, I click once and I have it two days later. I, I don't want to worry about that extra step that Groupon gives you, even I, if it does save money. I, I totally hear you. Um, I just remembered that there was another Groupon I bought. Um, it was for a local Indian place just uh, just a few miles down the street, right? I really liked their food. I thought it was great. My wife had... Indian Feather Indian or Indian Dot Indian? <laughs> <laughs> it, usually an Indian restaurant is, is from the country of India. Have so. you ever seen a well, Native that- American restaurant... I didn't think That's why so. I asked, because I'd love to go try they it. They own food stands, not restaurants. <laughs> and they call I'd it, love to go try it. They call it or Cherokee. Yeah. They don't call it Indian. It's Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, so I, my wife had never tried Indian food, so I thought, okay, hey, date night, right? And look, here is a Groupon to that restaurant I love, and it was an appetizer, uh, a dessert, and two entrees for 20 bucks. That's a good That's deal. That's a huge deal, right? That's great. So, yeah. Hey, I'll pick that up. I'll get that. Um, that's normally $40 worth of food, all told, you know, after drinks and whatnot. And we get there, and I go to redeem the Groupon. And, well, we're sorry. That doesn't actually apply. 
Like, what do you mean it doesn't apply? It says right here. They didn't mean two entrees at one time because essentially it means that we got our entire meal for free. Well, yeah, I know. You didn't get it. For, I didn't get it for free. I paid twenty dollars for it. I've already paid for it. Yeah, I've already paid for it. I've already paid twenty dollars. But they didn't like that, despite the fact that it was their Groupon. <laughs> and in the end, they said that they weren't going to honor it. Yeah, um, English isn't their first language. Actually, it was. Um, oh. So in the end, they did give me That's a oasis. <laughs> they gave me a huge discount. They gave me a very very steep incredible discount and they said that they'd be able to um write off one of the entrees and kind of split the group on so the next time i went in i'd be able to get another entree and that would finish it up but there was no way to redeem only half a group on and you know it's exactly what you were saying schmitty it was just such a pain that i ended up just letting it expire and i haven't been back there since and i haven't used groupon since it was enough to completely sour the experience for me and it's just what you said. It was just so much of a pain. Why even bother? When it comes down to it, I'll pay the extra money just to have things be convenient. Exactly. We're all about you know instant gratification, uh, things delivered to us right away. It, it's it almost seems like I mean yeah there are still are there are still people that that want to save money, but we value convenience over over thriftness now. It seems like. So. Now, um, I live in a rather small town here in, in Utah, a uh, relatively small city, and uh, we have a local grocery store. It's part of a chain that's just limited to our county, but they have this great system online where they have their, their Perks membership. And a lot of grocery stores have this, right, where you register your phone number or your email address or something, and you get loyalty points when you go there. Some of them will give you discounts on gas. Some of them, you know, everyone has it, but it's always different a little bit depending on where you go. But so it's not that unheard of a a system. Well, you can go online to their website and they have their mailers and their coupon books online. You sign in with that perks membership and they link it to your phone number and you clip virtually which coupons you're interested in and you save them to your account. Then when you're shopping, when you get to the cash register, you simply give them your perks number and all those coupons automatically apply to what you're buying. Yeah. That's pretty slick. I don't think it's too much to say that that kind of technology should be rolled into Google Wallet, sorry, Android Pay and Apple Pay. Like, yeah. well, that would be awesome. If, if I could say, okay, Daily Deals, I want um, a Subway sandwich. And hey, look, on Daily Deals on Google, there is a, a deal for a $3 foot long Subway sandwich. The next time I'm at Subway and I use my Android Pay to pay, it automatically says, oh, he bought this deal, right? So you just you tie it into the method of payment there. So as far as the cashier knows, I just paid for this entire sandwich. He doesn't care that it wasn't the exact dollar amount. There isn't that passing of coupons back and forth. That makes a lot of sense. Which means it, it, because you've said that and because Schmitty is nodding, it'll be about three years before we see that. Yeah, probably, cause based on track records. You know, that's the cool thing, though, about having done this show for as long as we have, is we have a track record that we can now reference and say, oh, yes, this is what happens. Indeed. Because history. Uh, Speaking of our predictions that have (laughs) happened, this is a big one. So the record industry has released its numbers for the first half of 2015. Uh, And 
in that, they found that overall money coming into the industry was down half a percent. So it dropped to $3.17 billion. That is kind of interesting when you then consider that wholesale revenues, which is what money goes to actual distributors and labels and artists, went up 0.8%. Now, why is that? Well, it turns out it's because the number of pirated downloads dropped. While streaming music, music which is music they get paid for, grew considerably. It is now one-third of their income. Streaming music is now one-third of the money going into the record industry, and it goes right to the distributors and right to the artists instead of getting caught up in the system. I think what this is saying is, uh, I'm, I'm lying, I don't think, I know this is what it's saying, I'm just trying to play coy, <laughs> is that by making this music more accessible for people, they have essentially really taken, a, 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 taken piracy down a level and are making money, which is what we've been saying for four years. Yeah, and and it ties back into our previous conversation about about Groupon is that people want things right away, and if you make it easy and available, they're m- more willing to pay for it as opposed to illegally downloading it. Make it available, and they will buy it. Yeah, and and it's it must have driven some executive just mad. I mean, he must have been going insane when you think about it. Because let's look at it. How much does it cost you to get Spotify? Seven bucks a month. Seven well, bucks a nine month. Buck, nine bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nine let's bucks. round it. Yeah. Let's say ten. Okay, just to make the number easy to work with, right? Okay. So let's say it's ten. Google Google Music. Let's say ten. Let's say all of them are ten, because that's that's close to the average. Okay. How much is a CD? I have no idea. I'll be honest. I haven't bought a CD in forever. But <laughs> Probably I, five to seven. Oh, no, no. Some, al- some albums get up towards around 20. Wow. Okay. For reals, five to seven bucks? I, I, I was thinking like, you know, going to like Greywell, which is like a secondhand CD store, <laughs> yeah. getting one for like five bucks. Yeah, a brand new album. We're looking 20. Jeez. So th- if you look at this from a rep- record exec standpoint, Schmitty here is paying half every month what one CD costs and we want him to buy like four CDs a month, man, that's no money. We're not going to make any money that way. But what he fails to realize is that even though he's only spending $10 a month, that 10 is almost entirely going into his pocket. And so even though people like, like CD sales have fallen sharply, as you might imagine, most people don't even use the CD player in their car anymore, but everyone's happy to fork up. I use it for my phone mount. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, but everyone's happy to fork up 10 bucks to listen to whatever they want. And what they've essentially done is they've taken this massive problem they had and shoved it back on the mobile carriers. Hey, you're using up your data, but you know what? That's not our problem. We're just giving you the music. <laughs> That's up to the carrier and you to deal with. We don't care. Yeah. Well, and then if you're lucky enough, to, I mean, with Spotify, you have offline listening. So with that feature, you're even offloading that from the from the carrier. Mm-hmm. Go to a Wi-Fi mode and download your playlist, and you're good to go. And, and T-Mobile, recognizing this, has made Spotify and other music streaming services free. It's actually detached from your normal monthly streaming, your, your monthly data. That's cool. So it's kind of like, man, what took them so long? Oh, yeah. we know what took them so long. We've talked about it in depth. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Um, speaking of execs who uh, don't get it, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. (laughs) 
Um, okay, if you haven't heard yet, um, you obviously haven't been following the news. Maybe you were at Comic-Con. I don't know. Volkswagen had previously been awarded uh, some high accolades for having the best EPA rating for their diesel cars. Um, they produced next to no emissions. They got incredible miles per gallon. It was awesome. It was just great all around. Some uh, new data came to light saying that that's not actually true. It turns out that there was some software written into Volkswagen's diesels that they could tell when they were being tested. When they knew they were being tested, they would drop into test mode. <laughs> test mode disabled certain features, giving it that incredibly clean emissions and incredibly high miles per gallon rating. However, as soon as those controls were switched back on, and it went back into normal driving mode, it was actually releasing uh, exhaust that was 40% worse than the competitors. <laughs> this isn't any different than what uh, Verizon was doing to their phones. When, when they detected you were running a speed test, they were, they were giving you false numbers yeah. on the speed test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking about data speed there. Um, yeah. Or what Samsung was doing a couple of years ago with benchmarks on their phones. They yeah. could tell when it was a benchmark running, and suddenly it ran different numbers. <laughs> I I wish I wish companies could figure out that we as consumers aren't as dumb as they're trying to imagine that if they come up with a way to bypass the system we will catch them with it cuz we always have But in the meantime how many people can they pull a fast Not enough. How many sales have they made no. before this was discovered well, it, it was. They started doing it in 2009. Yeah, so quite a bit. <laughs> so the head Joke of Volkswagen has stepped down. Um, there's talk of a class action lawsuit. They're recalling a whole bunch of cars and giving them new, um, a whole new software updates. And there's talk about whether or not Volkswagen might be liable for people who bought the cars simply on the premise of this efficiency. In fact, Volkswagen, this, it isn't in this particular article that I linked to, but it was another one I, I wrote. They're expecting this to cost them uh, around $591 million is their initial wow. conservative estimates. Ooh, yeah. that's no good. What's it going to do to the, to the um, you know, the ec- not economic, but the... The auto industry? The geoconscious geo- person, person that bought the car just to lower their carbon footprint. And now they find out that they're actually 40% worse off if they had bought, bought a Toyota or something. What's it going to do to the people like that? I, I don't know. I, I don't think those people actually exist. Um, yeah. I think the people that are that conscientious ride bikes. <laughs> just oh, good point. <laughs> they don't go by Volkswagens. No, this is true. This is true. It, and this is, it's sad because we were just starting to trust the Germans again, too. you know, And then they go to this. Well, it's not like they're powering the cars with bodies that's, or that's, something. Yeah, that was just one step too far there, Zoner. That, and, but it wasn't as far as I almost went. So, well, we applaud uh, you on your uh, restraint. Restraint. <laughs> yes, I I exercised great restraint there. But you know, you start to think about it, and if Volkswagen's doing this, and Samsung has done it, Verizon has done it. Who's to say that everybody's not doing it and just not gotten That's caught I'm yet? Thinking. I'm thinking if a company has a way to to work around the system to to boost their numbers or whatever, they're probably going to be doing it. If if their their CEO or the or the people in charge just don't have that great of morals, you know. <laughs> so 
Well, and also you think about it when you have an emissions test run by the state for your licensing and whatnot for your vehicle. If the car is churning out false data for that, I mean they're basically lying to the government. Yeah, no, you're right. I, that's that's bad I news. Right thought of that, there. but you're I mean, absolutely right. That's probably the worst part of all. Yeah, this. you think. Yeah, you think about what happens when you lie on your taxes. I mean, the IRS comes down on you like nobody's yeah. business. And hopefully, because of the, hopefully, I, no one is personally liable uh, be, because of that. Because I mean, if I take if yeah, I take a no Volkswagen and it passes the EPA, but then it come it, uh, comes to light, you know, this comes out, I would I shouldn't be held personally responsible because I didn't I didn't mess with the computer to to bring those results in, so I shouldn't be held responsible. Hopefully, yeah. that's the case. This is just why we all need Teslas. This is true. Let's all get a Model S. Oh, hey, Volkswagen, there's an idea. You know how you can make it right? Give everyone Teslas. <laughs> Ooh. I know. I I'm going to go buy a Volkswagen, buy a Volkswagen really right now. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> this from the only person here who actually drives a Volkswagen. Not by choice. Well, <laughs> let me retract that. I don't have anything against Volkswagens. I have. Uh, I just don't like the Volkswagen that I have. So... Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I um, my brother-in-law drives a, a diesel Jetta, actually. So this applies to him. Uh, and he once told me that driving a Volkswagen is like dating a woman who doesn't eat that much but has very expensive tastes. You don't have to give her much gas. <laughs> but every time she needs something, man, is it expensive. <laughs> um, okay, so office. Uh, not my office, not your office, but office like Microsoft Office. They launched 2016, uh, and they launched it on all platforms. And I'm kind of confused by it. Um, I'm a big fan of Office. It's very usable, in my opinion. Um, however, from a feature standpoint, we've kind of hit max saturation. You have OpenOffice out there, which, let's be honest, has fallen by the wayside, but it's free. So with that in mind... That's that's a pretty good deal there, right? You have Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides. You have Google, Google Office. We'll just we'll just lump it all together because otherwise we'll be here all night saying all their products. And they've gotten really good as well. Plus, they have the integration with Drive that can go on all your devices. Now, with Office 2013, Microsoft tried to introduce OneDrive, which and uh, Office 365 and Office Online, and this new version, Office 2016 is now it's supposed to really take it to Google. It has online collaboration. It has a whole bunch of different synchronization settings that usually Google Docs can do. Here's why I'm not sure about this. And I'm not sure about it just because, hey, it's already been done, but I use Office in an Office setting. I collaborate. Right now, the three of us are collaborating in a Google document at once. And I have to say... It's magic. How important are any of these features in the actual workplace most of the people in my office still can't figure out how to use outlook (laughs) never mind the very it would destroy their fragile minds to have four people editing a spreadsheet at once you know what i'm saying it's i i mean it was cool that google offered it but i never knew anyone who really used it all that much or am i missing the boat here am i missing the point no, I think, you know, you mentioned that, and I, I'm i like having nightmares. We've all done tech support at some point in our career, and you, you think about the idiots that call up 
unable to open up a freaking PST or what PDF or I mean, there's so many different file extensions that they just can't even fathom. And then you give them a file extension that multiple people can access at the same time. And then they start doing it at the same time. It's going to break their brains, just like you said. That is an absolute nightmare to even consider. Well, I, I think one one thing that they're doing is they're they, they've come out recently with a lot of new features and new apps like Sway, um, Delve, Flutter, Delve, yeah. And and Office two twenty sixteen is is really bringing those all into essentially one group of apps, where kind of bringing it back to you know the old days of, of Office. 2007 when everything was available in the same package because um, it, se- it kind of seemed like for a while they were just throwing out all this stuff and you didn't really have one place to go for any of it uh, unless you were using it as at the enterprise level so it kind of seems like they're bringing it back and you're right it wasn't very well integrated with itself no and that is another thing uh, office 2016 does have cortana integration yes very closely <laughs> now i'm not really sure to what degree she's integrated, I'd like to test it out myself because it'd be really cool to be, if, if you could, uh, probably not at this point yet, but one day, if you're writing this huge long note, this huge long paper, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, you're starting to get a bit fuzzy, and you can say, hey, I, I can't actually say her name out loud or else my computer will activate, but you can call her out and say, can you research this? Can you double check this? Can you fact check this? Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be cool. So, yeah, we should we should delve more into it and see if we can sway people to. Ah ha ha! Maybe people. <laughs> I see what you did we'll there. Excel. I don't know. Word. It's an outlook. Oh wow! I'm tired. Um, let's jump the next headline. We'll keep it for a bit later. But uh, I feel more important right now is hey, you know that government breach that happened and the hackers made off with a whole bunch of federal employee information. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't would that be the one that we keep discussing is actually yeah. worse than it appears? Office of or that personal they say? management. Yeah, yeah, it keeps getting worse and worse. Like we knew it was going to. Like we keep telling people, we don't under- think you understand. This is really bad because not just was it like a million people, like they said it was. It turned out it was five point six million. Oh, hey, not just was it like their light employee personnel files. It was their actual security applications, a 27-page long document that keeps all their information. Oh, hey, you know what? It wasn't just, uh, you know, office logins. It was their fingerprints. <laughs> and anyone that's ever seen any James Bond or Mission Impossible or Jason Bourne movie knows that that's not a good thing to lose. <laughs> yeah. 5.6 million federal employees have had their fingerprint information compromised. That basically means, in layman's terms, this Security breach has ruined their lives. Okay, Zoner has had to their iPhone six now. <laughs> yeah, Zoner has had his identity stolen many times, and you know what he does? He gets a new debit card. It's a pain. You know, I, I'm not trying to make light of his situation there, but when Target um, was hacked, he got a new debit card. Um, probably got a year's worth of identity protection. When when someone um, yep, Home Depot was hacked. Same thing. Got yeah. Your uh, one time, um, someone there was a a chance when they thought someone was using my social security number to uh, to try and claim unemployment. Um, they found them, but if they hadn't found them, the uh, the social security office would have just issued me a new number. They can do that. What are they supposed to do? Burn these people's fingerprints off and give them new ones? That information can't be changed. No, I, I 
No, I I feel very screwed yeah, at the this moment. This is a really bad piece of news because I mean, like like Zook said, there's not really much you can do to change your fingerprint. Um, much of what can be done is different technologies, uh, different ways to encrypt the fingerprint. But that's going to be five to ten years out, and so yeah, these 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 employees are are screwed. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they've got all my stuff on file. I've I've had security clearance. I've yeah, I, I'm not. A I, I've had at security the clearance as well, but it was so long ago that you know, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> Your fingerprint has changed. No big yeah, deal. Well, you know, but <laughs> let's go on to more of a consumer level here too, because not everyone's a federal employee, right? If they have your fingerprint data on hand, they can use that to attack phones and mobile devices that now use fingerprint sensors to unlock. Those sensors, it those doesn't, it doesn't just unlock your phone; it also encrypts the data on your phone. So even remotely, if they have that information, they can get to the data on your phone. Right, right, I, and, and that's what I don't think people are quite understanding yet. They have your fingerprint data. That doesn't mean that they need to just print out a copy of your thumbprint, get their hands on your phone to use it. It means that they can remotely access your phone or your laptop or your tablet or whatever, and say, "Yeah, here's the data." You don't need to scan it in because I just gave you the data. Isn't that great? And boom, they're in. And biometric security was supposed to be the big, you know, it can't be spoofed. But here we are, and obviously that information is no longer secure. It can't be spoofed. But if you happen to have the exact data, then... (laughs) You're right. Technically, it's not spoofed. (laughs) (laughs) This is why two-factor authentication is the only way to go, unless you can go with three. Um, Wow. Yeah, sorry, Zoner. You really are quite screwed there, aren't you? I, I am. You know, I keep being compromised, and it's through no fault of my own other than now, living now, wait, my wait, life. wait. That's, that's <laughs> a cop-out excuse. You chose to have fingerprints and get the rest of us involved. No, it. I was born that way, science Listen, Lady says. Gaga. You should have... <laughs> it was... <laughs> It is not a lifestyle choice. You should have had them burned off Men in Black style when you started working for the government. It was your duty to the rest of us. I probably should have. And I think mistake number one, trust the government with my data. data. They're all zeros. (laughs) Mistake number two, work for the government. You're the biggest libertarian I know, and you've worked for the government more than any of us. And, you know, I have become ex- much more libertarian after working for the government. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's probably before. because you're a libertarian. Because that's probably the reason why you're a libertarian now. It's, it actually, yeah, plays a part. <laughs> All right. Plays a part. We're sorry, people. If, if your identity was compromised, if you're a spy who now can't get out of the hostile country you're in because they have all your information, we're sorry. Um, into Pebble. Sure, that's that's the worst possible segue headline, but we'll go with it. <laughs> the Pebble smartwatch, which I hate to say, but almost seems like a feature watch now. <laughs> in the same way that you have you have smartphones, you have watch. feature phones. It's a flip watch. <laughs> Pebble uses an e-ink screen, so it gets incredible battery life. There, I would dare say, the original smartwatch were they the first one. No, well, they they were close were, to it, right? They were they close were to it. right at the beginning, I think. Bluetooth enabled watches have been around for a long time. I want to say probably cl- almost as long as 
Bluetooth on phones has been around, you know, seven years maybe. But Pebble was was the first one to bring so many features and interactability to the smartwatch. So, yeah. Well, they are coming out with a round smartwatch themselves. It's $250. It's called the Time Round. Um, It's very, very thin. It's actually only 7.5 millimeters thick, which makes it one millimeter thicker than my current watch I'm wearing. Meaning that this is the first smartwatch that actually matches the normal dimensions of just a typical watch. Kind of. Yeah. Mostly. The bezel around the screen, that's hard to get around. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks weird, right? Yeah. Well, and that's always been the downside of Pebble is that, I mean, they're, they're going so small with uh, and trying to keep it uh, affordable that they do have to cut corners uh, in certain ways. And so their their bezel has always been pretty big. Uh, so it's it's just it's kind of the it's almost a signature of Pebble. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever have a Pebble that's you know bezelless. I don't know. Maybe maybe in ten years from now. I hope sooner than that. Uh, it is unfortunately uh, also has one of the shortest battery lives of any Pebble watch. It can only go two days without charging. I would like to point out a couple things. First off, that's still a lot longer than any other smartwatch on the market. And they've also enabled a quick charge feature that allows you to charge it for 15 minutes, and that gives you 24 hours worth of charge. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that's quite a trade-off, I think. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you kind of jokingly called it a feature watch, and and it is compared to the what uh, Samsung and, and LG are coming out with, and Apple, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> but even then, I mean, it's... Pebble watches have have really opened the door to a lot of, I don't know, functionality and stuff, and and at a more affordable price for a lot of people. I mean, you want to get a smartphone today, you either drop three hundred bucks or ninety nine bucks and get a Pebble. I mean, it still has has a lot of features. More people are going for them now. Mm-hmm. Very very true. Um, now, have you been reading up on the the compression headline? Cause Are you talking I th- to me? Yeah, because I think that, uh, Schmitty, you're, you're our only hope for this one. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, yeah, I read it. <laughs> Great. Can you tell us about it? Cause what do you want? To, okay. So there, there's a new compression algorithm um, that uh, it, it's called Brotli, meaning a small bread, I think, in German. Um, and it's supposed to supersede the current compression they're using, which is uh, Zopfly. Zopfly, I don't know. Um, I really don't know how to explain this uh, other than they're using more black magic and possibly the Higgs boson. I don't know. <laughs> Google is using you the Coriolis effect to shrink data. <laughs> Every time you load a web page, it makes a couple rounds in the Large Hadron Collider before it gets to your browser, which makes it load faster than, I mean, it gets to your browser before you even click the link. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, so. Google has been really working on data compression. I think it's just safe to say they've they've discovered the PIM particle. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, now, my question is, and I and this is a legitimate question. I'm not asking it facetiously or to prove a point. They're shrinking data down. They're compressing it considerably so that it takes less time to transport it to our computers, right, or between servers or whatnot. But then to render that information. Our computers need to decompress it. They need to unpack it. That's the job of the browser. So are we going to see a performance gain from this if our browsers are working harder to decompress 
this compressed data, or is this really just to save on data throughput? Um, a little bit of both. The uh, compression is a is a two part. Uh, I mean, you get you get two benefits out of it, and one is lower bandwidth, but the other is also faster load times. So being able to decompress it faster is also things they're working on. They use what's called a second order context modeling, which um, they in decompressing these this uh the uh, packets that they're sending they the computer itself is having to do a lot less to decompress it because they're they're using uh, a second order of uh of compression as opposed to just a single one and it, that doesn't really make a lot of sense if you don't understand how how compression works so I can't really explain and I don't. it and <laughs> I can't explain it in in the entire context of our our podcast so just suffice it to say that we um the, the, this new compression algorithm allows you to have less bandwidth and a shorter decompression time, um, which doesn't really mean a lot because our our phones and our computers are are continually getting faster and faster. So it's so less more, filling and tastes great. Yes, exactly. It's like the the Triscuit. <laughs> <laughs> then why didn't they call it the Triscuit algorithm? That's all they had to call it. Well, that's what a Brotley is. It's a small bread. That's what Triscuit is. Yeah. <laughs> I still prefer Triscuit, the Triscuit algorithm. Yeah. That's a show title right there. I'm, t- I'm writing that one in here. <laughs> Triscuit algorithm. Hopefully we don't get sued. You yeah. know, I keep thinking that to myself, and then I stop and I think, if we haven't been sued yet, are we going to be? Are we? As in yeah. Solandroids? Why? So, I mean... I don't know. He did make that crack about Germans earlier. <laughs> what? Why would they sue us? We're we're the ones giving them the idea. That is true. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Three years later, Nabisco is going to release a new type of mathematical algorithm <laughs> named after a cracker. We should really start suing some of these people then, now that I think about it. No joke. We should get a lawyer from Texas and do it. Um, okay, so this last week, Facebook introduced... Well, they introduced it in the worst way possible, okay? I saw all these headlines coming up that Facebook is introducing a new type of video where using a plugin only in Facebook, you can rotate 360 degrees. And I'm reading that, just that headline, just like that, going, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard in my life. I don't want to see people's videos on Facebook most of the time anyway. Why would I want to go and, you know, flip around 360 degrees? That's just stupid. But then they actually had an example of it, and it was from uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And you're on a speeder bike flying across um, a dune sea on, what is that, Jakarta? I don't know which planet it is. Jakarta? And Isn't that in India? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so you're actually able to move the camera around as the speeder bike is going. And it doesn't control the speeder bike, but you can see everything. And I got to say, it's still a gimmick. It's still kind of dumb, but it was kind of um, cool. Are, are you guys forgetting that YouTube has had this since July of this year or even earlier? Probably. And we talked about it on the show? No, not forgetting per se. Um, just that this is the first time we've seen it outside of YouTube. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, it's, it's been available on YouTube for a long time, and there are even music videos uh, that have done this. Um, and it, to, me, to me, at least, it's not gimmicky. I, I bought one of those, those headsets you can slide your, your phone into it, and you get a, you get a really good experience out of it. For the, and for the people that are made, making content for it, 
they're doing a really great job too. So to me, it's not gimmicky from coming from Facebook, maybe more so, but I don't know. Personally, I, I like the, the idea of the 360 video. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the difference is between them, the YouTube one, please correct me if I'm wrong. The YouTube one works. If you have like a VR headset, like a Google cardboard or an Oculus rift or, or the Samsung or the LG one. Uh, and the Facebook one doesn't work for those. You actually have to click and drag around. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the Facebook one does work for for VR capabilities, but but the YouTube one also can be played flatly. You don't need VR goggles for it. You can either drag it around or by just holding your phone and rotating around. Uh, it uses your your gyrometer and accelerometer to figure out which way you're turning, so it it moves the perspective for you. Did you just say gyrometer? Gyrometer. That's what it's called. I thought it was a gyroscope. Well, it, it's gyrometer or gyroscope. Sure. <laughs> All I know is call them gyrometers. <laughs> as cool as as cool as the Star Wars scene was, you know what this technology needs to be used for? Evil. Virtual haunted houses. <laughs> it always needs yes. to be used for evil, Zeke. Because Five Nights at Freddy's isn't scary enough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for that. I know I'm the one who suggested it, but I'm not happy with what I just thought of. <laughs> like I said, evil. <laughs> Five Nights, Five Nights at Freddy's 360, just for Zook. <laughs> okay, so Netflix. They didn't mean to say it this way, but this is how I took it. They were able to take all their metric data and figure out precisely when people got hooked on a series. <laughs> it's the day you've, you've, you watch five episodes in a row yeah. and go to sleep at 4 a.m. Yeah, It's like, hmm, interesting. People watched an episode of Daredevil. And then many of them broke off. But the people who made it to episode two of Daredevil suddenly watched five episodes in a row. (laughs) Um, Unless it's since eight, in which case they watched all of them and they couldn't figure out when it was supposed to get good. (laughs) (laughs) Curse you, Wachowskis. You really sold it short there. Um, They finished it before they got hooked. Yeah. Or, yeah. (laughs) So this is... um, I don't know. This is a really granular type of ratings control, I think. We talked about the the Nelson boxes years ago uh, and how faulty that information was. This is really good information. And, of course, Netflix is able to pull it because, hey, they're the ones providing the content. Yeah. I don't know. Is this a breach of pi- privacy? I mean, is this kind of the TV watching you while you watch it 1984 style? I, I, I don't think so. And I And the reason why I say that is because they are providing the service that allows you to to watch the videos that they are also in charge of providing you. Um, and so to them, it's just, it's metrics that they have already. It's built into the system. Kind of like, you know, Google tracking you wherever you go and stuff like that. It's not creepy to me because it's built into the system. I mean, Netflix is less, less creepy than Google, now that I say that, I'm, I'm realizing that. But, I mean... They already have that information, and they probably use it for for QA and um, you know trying to find bugs and stuff. And so, trying to use it in a different way uh, is is up to them because they they already have the data. They don't they don't need to do anything extra to get it. You know, it's data we're already providing them just inherently. Yeah. So I don't know, Zoner. What are your thoughts? You're typically the conspiracy alarmist. Um, I'm not surprised by it. In all honesty. Uh, I think it's kind of cool that they're able to say, hey, you know, this is this is the point where the addiction to Breaking Bad happens or whatever the case may be. Uh, they've got the data. They're looking at the data, trying to analyze it and be more effective of what they do. I, I'm not freaked out about it too much. Uh, 
mm-hmm. probably because I don't see Netflix really using it for evil. Uh, I see them more just using it for to give better programming. Okay, well, this is what happens in this show when this person gets hooked. So here's you know what they need to do to make to make this happen every time to get these people hooked. So yeah, and, and now that they're making their own content, they're more able to take that data and and put it into their own products. Now they can say, oh, this is what people like. This is what is getting pe- people to get hooked. So. Now we're putting all those elements into their new shows. I'm, I'm starting to find that all, all the Netflix originals, I'm liking because they've almost figured out the, the formula, so to speak. I, I get that. I get that. Except for Sense Eight, which again was horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Wachowski Brothers. <laughs> I, I so wanted to like it. I really did. We're still trying. It's it's, it, it's like it just kept falling over itself. <laughs> okay. Um, scientists have been able to use quantum teleportation techniques to get a packet of information a hundred kilometers that's breaking all previous records by four times that's indeed kind of insane i mean we're, we're talking this is a really geeky tech headline here a real sciencey headline but this is cool yeah and the way the way i interpret this is that we're we're another step closer to uh, obtaining the the technology that powered the ansible in in ender's game <laughs> i mean they're, they're using uh, quantum entanglement to send data from one location to another and that i'm just geeking out about that <laughs> yeah I, I don't think people quite understand how long certain distances can be okay you know when you watch the news at night and they're saying okay we got this person on location uh tell me what can you see and the person is on location and it's a live shot and the location is only say you know 20 miles away and there's already a lag they'll ask a question wait a moment then the person starts responding because they haven't heard the question yet okay Mm -hmm. that's 20 miles what's supposed to happen when we start doing this internationally what's supposed to happen when we eventually want to go to space we send a question and 120 years later they'll get it and send back an answer well it's kind of like in the martian you know he Watney gets a. He's communicating with with NASA or whatever, and he's got to wait for however long until he can get a response. De- yeah. Depending on spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I'm see it this weekend. Oh yeah. yeah, me too. I'm going. Oh, I I'm going. <laughs> now, and and that's just in fiction and nonfiction. Uh, the Curiosity rover, it takes seven minutes for information. To, no, I take that back. It, t- it took 14 minutes, minutes for yeah. information to reach Earth from Mars. It took seven minutes for it to go through reentry, which means that by the time NASA finally started to get the first images saying, okay, I'm going to start my descent, it means that the lander was either crashed into the surface of Mars or sitting there happily for seven minutes already, and they didn't know. So this teleportation of information, this instantaneous teleportation, is really cool. Yeah. And I can't wait for Verizon to start overcharging me for it. Oh, they will, and you know it too. <laughs> well, and it's still in its infancy. And in order to get this um, this hundred kilometers, they had to send a lot of photons. And basically, what they're doing is they're they're sending a photon, they're splitting it, letting one of them go hundred kilometers, wait till it gets there, um, and, and and these photons are entangled. Then they change the state, the quantum state of the photon they have locally, and then 
Uh, theoretically, it was supposed to change the state of the entangled one that's 100 kilometers away. And they were able to do it um, with, with this new uh, – they were able to tell that they, were, that they succeeded with this new single photon detector that they had. The only downside is they had to throw so many photons into it because a very small percentage of, of photons make it all the way through the fiber. So it takes an extremely, amount, uh, extremely high amounts of power um, and currently really expensive detecting <laughs> detectors to, to tell that they were even successful. So we're still about 10 to 15 years off to get this anywhere. So but we're still a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's still pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and finally, our last headline... I have totally mixed feelings about, but TBS is going to start a professional video games league that you can watch. I guess they couldn't afford any other sports league, so they decided to go with esports. <laughs> that sounds like I'm joking about it, but in truth, I love watching certain games be played. Certain mm-hmm. ones are just fascinating, and watching teams go at it against each other is a lot of fun. So do you watch the League of Legends World Championships? And- no. I don't watch the League <laughs> of Legends at all. I have. That was actually pretty fun to watch. <laughs> if mostly just for the banter that was going on between the teams. <laughs> but uh, but- like, Schmidty and I used to watch the EVE Online PvP tournaments, and those yeah. things got intense. They got yeah, really, they really intense. intense. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, it- Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, Conan still does them. Uh, he did uh, against the team of Silicon Valley... He did mm-hmm. the uh, the Halo Five one, and that was just fun to watch. So yeah, I, I think it was it was only a matter of time before something like this was done because you see with like Twitch and, and YouTube games that that people do like watching this stuff, and so there definitely is a a viewership market for it. Um, and taking it into the professional realm takes very little uh, little overhead because I mean with with professional sports, um, you you know you have to buy equipment, you have to. I mean, the, the the physical fields or, or the courts they play on cost a lot of money and upkeep. But with video games, you have very little overhead, or, or, or I guess a lot of overhead. I can't remember. But um, you buy the video game, you buy the console, um, maybe maybe pay for some sponsorships for, for players, and that's it. There's no equipment involved aside from the controllers. But it, it makes a lot of sense in, in the, the sponsor point of view because – they're getting a lot of money for it and don't have to put a lot of money into it. Yeah. So Now, of course, there are haters, uh, especially ESPN. Uh, they tried doing this earlier this year. Didn't go over real well. People were going on and on about how it's not a real sport. And But I'd like to point out to people that uh, the X Games had the same backlash when it came out. Riding a bike down a ramp, riding a skateboard isn't a real sport. Why is this on TV? <laughs> and even ESPN, when it first came around, look, I'm sorry, ESPN. I know darts is supposedly a sport, but it is boring to watch. Hey, if cheerleading is a sport, then League of Legends you know, can be a sport. I mean, there's colleges <laughs> offering offering scholarships for League of Legends now. Yeah. Well, and, it's true. And, you know, they had specials. I think they still do late at night, but they have, you know, um, oh, geez. They have like pool hall specials and darts mm-hmm. and it's like someone is at a pub and just watching who's going at each other. And that's an ESPN channel, you know, the Ocho, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so why can't this? So, yay. Um, into our headlines. Um, our favorites. Our, yes, our favorites. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Convention <laughs> hangover the, the happens. Going on. Yeah, convention hangover. Um, so 
A gentleman has what he's called the Enterprise D construction project, and using the Unreal Engine, he is building the NCC 1701D in 3D. There's a lot of Ds right there, but it's the Enterprise D from the next generation. He's building it with the Unreal Engine for the Oculus Rift. He's currently created, uh, I want to say, four decks. It is glorious. It's not like any of the other knockoffs you've seen. He's been redoing the models, making them much less mid-90s, early 90s, late 80s kind of look. Um, Much more modernized, what you'd expect, what our tastes are now. And there's even details that were never thought up on the show, never created. He's creating them from scratch. I need an Oculus Rift. I need one so badly just for this. It is amazing the amount of work he's doing. He's got a Kickstarter going. He's trying to uh, build funding to do the rest of it. Remember, it's a rather large ship. Uh, he also has a Patreon, Patreon pa- account. Patreon? Patreon, yeah, yeah, where you can actually help fund him month to month. Um, it's definitely worth at least looking out. He has this great uh, trailer for the virtual tour. At least watch that. It's, it's super exciting. Cool. Uh, and my favorite this week is a uh, warning. This is a highly addictive game. Uh, I've already gotten Zook hooked on it and several coworkers. I hate you slightly because even, of it. Even a, a listener. Um, it, this is Ingress, the video game. I, I've been playing it for almost three weeks now. Um, and it's a it's an augmented reality, massive multiplayer, online location based game. Um, if neither, if if none of those uh, were terms caught your ear, then this isn't the game for you. But if if any or all of those words caught your ear, this is the game for you. You go around attacking portals claimed by other people, and uh, it's it's amazing. It's gotten me out and walking again. So my wife likes it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm even considering making a, a stolen droids-based Ingress group that uh, that we can all join. So uh, look forward to that if uh, if you're into this game. And uh, yeah, so check it out. I haven't been on time to anything in the last two days <laughs> because of this stupid game. Because you're driving out of your way to get to Portal. Yeah, I'm five minutes yeah. away from where I'm supposed to be, from where my destination is. And ooh, there's a portal over there. I can attack that. <laughs> It'll only take a moment. <laughs> Which... Part is part of the reason why I have not really gotten into it because I don't like to be late, so I don't like to drive out of my way. You just gotta leave earlier. So. Uh, that's that's really what I need to do. But I did reinstall it on my phone. Um, okay, my my favorite is a actual game, like game game, not video game, not like other game. It's a game game with like cards and stuff called Hogius oh. from Gangrene Games. The new still. <laughs> they. they they do still make those. Uh, but yeah, it's from Gangrene Games. We talked to these guys over at Comic-Con while we were there. We also have had uh, one of the boss people there, Craig Nibo, on our show SD Files, chatting with him a little bit. So, um, But this game, you basically create a hoagie. And they say that it's a fairly fast game until you start getting your kids all after each other trying to screw one another over. Uh, so be warned, there could be lots of tears, lots of yelling, but if you play board games or card games with your family, I'm sure you already expect that. So, uh, But check it out, it's a pretty fun game. I played for a few hours earlier today, and I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Quite a bit. Very cool. Cool. Well, that and did we lose Zook? Is Zook dead? I think we lost Zook. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that is tragic. So, well, I guess we better wrap stuff up then here. Um, so... 
Oh, is he back? I'm back. I was just is giving. He a, and I don't know. he's he has no he has no voice. We can I'm, see I'm him. here. I'm here. I oh, said I was giving feedback instructions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody heard you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again, so I don't have to. <laughs> feedback at stolenfreights.com. Eight zero one nine one seven geek. Twitter, Facebook, hello, Google Plus. Cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.